Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. I have to tell you, it was pretty amazing last night to watch it all unfold at the Staples Center as LeBron James is now the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, it has been a jam-packed show between Aaron Rodgers, between uh, LeBron, and everything that has surrounded him, and that's where we start this hour, Canty, and the real question now starts to become, now that he has achieved this and we start to look forward uh, what is his legacy going to be? How are we going to view LeBron and his true impacts on the game down the line? When you look back and you think about LeBron James, what are the things that are going to stick out? Not just about him being a great player, but where some of his greatest marks on the game were made. Yeah, to me, it's all about player empowerment, right? being able to wield his skill and his impact on a franchise and leverage that and create better opportunities for himself on and off the basketball court. To me, that that is, in a, in a, in a way, unprecedented across all sports. We haven't seen a player take the risk that LeBron James was willing to take on himself by signing shorter-term deals and being able to pressure franchises to put the requisite pieces around him in order for him to contend at a high level. And if, in fact, he felt like the franchise had fallen short, this is a guy that's taking a show on the road. And I know a lot of people criticize the decision, the way he bounced from Cleveland in a very public fashion and went to Miami. But, but Carlin, it was a situation where he felt like, from an organization standpoint, the Miami Heat were further along than the Cleveland Cavs. And he wanted to go to a situation where he could compete for championships and he had fallen short so many times in Cleveland. And so I think that that aspect of it is what will be his lasting mark because I don't think the NBA is going back to what we saw in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. It's not going to be a player spending his entire, entire career with one team. It's going to be the player being mobile, being able to go in ring chase because ultimately that's how we judge all of the players that we think have a chance to be in the all-time great conversation. Yeah, Canty, listen, for me, this is about changing the meaning of what it means to be an NBA player, not on the court. Physically, the most dominant NBA player I've seen this side of Shaq and Wilt, maybe, and I never saw Wilt, um, but physically incredibly gifted and athletic as can be. That aside... Think about everything that he has done, what he has done to really craft the narrative and the image, picking up where Jordan kind of left off and taking more control of how he was going to be portrayed through creating his own media, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. so many different ways he was not relying on the traditional media or even on endorsements to really establish who LeBron James was going to be. I mean, he created his own media company. He has done all the things 
uh, off the court that have never been done before in that regard. Yes, player empowerment. I'm going to go do what I'm going to do. But even think back to that, how he did that when he left Cleveland to go to Miami. Yeah. No, this is going to be the way I want to set it up. I'm going to set up my own show and produce or or at least have say over how this is going to go and tell you who my interviewer is going to be yep. for, for all of those kinds of things. Nobody else has ever done that kind of thing before. So it is controlling not just how you handle yourself, but how you are perceived. And it, it's funny that we say that on days like today, when we see guys like Kyrie Irving, who want to be able to do that, yeah. but can't, because yeah. they can't help themselves. Yeah, or, or Kevin Durant, for that matter, Carlin. And, and, and I think there's also something that, that, uh, that bears mentioning, is the fact that LeBron James surrounded himself with a team of guys that he grew up with. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. most people, when they get to that level... They adopt whatever team the agency puts around them, whereas LeBron James helped to educate all of his friends, and they handle various aspects of his business affairs. We, we haven't seen anything like that in the past. So I just think the way that he's done that um, is, is very impressive as well. The investment in the human resources that are around him uh, people that he trusts in order to move his career and his off-court ambitions forward is really unprecedented. So, I mean, I give a lot of respect for what LeBron James has done. And then, Carlin, the other part that we got to acknowledge, what he's done in terms of getting guys paid. Like yeah. LeBron James's role in the MBPA in the mid-2010s is something that, that goes under the radar but this is a guy that accepted the role of being vice president of the MBPA right after Michelle Roberts signed up to be their executive director. And LeBron was very clear when he took that role. There's no way that the owners could cry poor after we're seeing some of these record sales of NBA franchises. And then the NBA players go on to get a CBA where they're getting record portions of the revenue that's generated from the media contracts. And now we're seeing guys getting 50, 60 million dollars a year in Nikola Jokic's case. Like that, like the max salaries and what they've ballooned to now is a product of what LeBron James was able to do. And again, all of this is under the umbrella of pair empowerment. So the NBA players are going to be much better off because of the sacrifices and dare I say the risks that LeBron James was able to incur in order to, you know, dictate what their share of the revenue pie was going to be moving forward. Yeah, and and look, as the revenue pie grew, it would have been easier uh, to just agree to deals uh, with the NBPA that may not have necessarily grown that, and he was out in front of that, grown it for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think of it this way. When we talk about the last days of Michael Jordan, you know, he's making $25 million a year with the Bulls at the very end. Yeah. He was the only player who was any who was making that kind of money. Nobody else was yeah, really but, even but, close. but here's the thing, though, Carlin. Even with Michael Jordan, he was never close to actualizing his real value. Or his oh, no, value absolutely not. He was worth Bulls. infinitely more to that. And that's, and that's why I give all yep. credit and respect to LeBron James, because he got himself and the players 
much closer to that, much closer to that in terms of what they were making in salary from these teams. They are much closer to getting what they're actually truly worth to these franchises than what we saw with Michael Jordan in the 80s, in the 90s. Well, Chris, along those lines, here's the last one for me. And it's an exceptionally important one. There is not a league where the players and owners feel more like partners than they do in the NBA. Yes. And that is because of the relationship, I believe, between Adam Silver and LeBron James. I think there has always been a massive mutual respect there that has been built that has fostered that relationship. Adam Silver has been brilliant in in making sure the players understand that they are heard, that they are considered, that what they want is exceptionally important to him. It is not just working for the owners to make them as much money as possible. But the reason is, when you had somebody of LeBron's stature and of his ability and of his popularity that could step forward and be a de facto partner in setting all of that up, to me, it's the most well-balanced league in that regard. Well, LeBron was aggressive about trying to get to a point where he made it better for not only himself, but for the rest of the players around the league. There's an incredible amount of awareness that he had in all of it, Carlin. And I think it started at an early age with some of the media coverage that he got in high school. Like he recognized what he meant to the city of Akron, to the city of Cleveland, that that whole Northeast Ohio community. Like he understood it at an early age, and we have to give him credit for it. He's a very savvy businessman. And, Carlin, when LeBron James left Cleveland for the first time, they said nine figures in revenue left with him annually. Think about that. Nine figures a year left when LeBron went to Miami after he made the decision. That's what he represented to the local economy. So I I think he understood early on – what it was all about from a financial standpoint. And he's been able to use his talents on the court to create more of a partnership between the players and the NBA owners. So much so now, Carlin, they don't even call themselves owners anymore. They call themselves governors. <laughs> like, think about that. In LeBron yeah. James's time, you had you know Donald Sterling come out of pocket and end up being forced to sell a franchise because of how it made LeBron James, Chris Paul, and others feel in terms of how offensive some of the commentary was. That's not going to happen in any other sports league, Carlin. It's just not. So, I mean, the fact that they were able to do that just speaks to how far the players have come and a big part of why is LeBron James. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. And there's no doubt, last night was an incredibly hot ticket, to say the least. It's brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Now, there were a couple of strange things last night. Hold on, hold on, Carlin, Carlin. How much was the the average ticket... In Crypto Arena last night. Do you remember? The, the one that we had uh, late yesterday uh, on Greeny was at $1,600 to get in the building. Wow. $1,600, $1,600 to get in the building on the secondary market. Yeah. That's, so, a, pretty, that's a pretty penny. 
That's yeah. a pretty penny. That was what our friends from Vivid Seats were saying. That's so. a pretty penny. That might be the most that anybody's paid to watch an Oklahoma City game on the road. <laughs> That's more than most of the Thunder players would pay <laughs> to watch their own game. I can't how, would you have spent 1600 bucks to go in and be there last night? Absolutely. Absolutely. Carlin, last after, row, right Carlin, corner, Carlin, games after, a rumor. After the, the, the Kobe last game gaffe, yeah. how could I not spend 1600 bucks to watch LeBron James pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for points scored? Now, what would have pissed me off is if I paid that money and it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. That would have ran me hot. Because there's yeah. no guarantee that that would have happened. But if I if walk I, out the building, I, but, but here, LeBron but here's shoots I, three for 14. But here's what I'll say, Carlin. <laughs> if I had the opportunity to see what LeBron James was wearing when he walked into the arena and then to see him wear the headband when he walked onto the court, I would have gladly forked over 1600 bucks. because ain't no way he doing all of that if he's not breaking the record that night. Yeah, ain't could, no way. I could just see you outside the arena – and you're gonna you're standing there waiting to see what Braun wore going in, yeah. And then immediately you hit the Vivid Seats app. Yeah. All right, I'm in. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, like if he show up in some sweats, I don't know. But he showed up in all black, Carlin. Oh yeah, with the whole Stay Present lapel pin. Yeah, he's gonna break the record. There's no question about it. Headband Braun is different. I keep telling you, Carlin. Headband Braun is different. Well. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was on the NBA today, earlier today, and he was there last night. Uh, he, of course, you know, did all the right things that you're supposed to do, even though he had a, you know, he had a resting Kareem face on through a lot of it, where he didn't exactly look like he was terribly thrilled. But let's hear a little bit from Kareem earlier on how he felt about LeBron breaking his record. I feel very happy for uh, LeBron, something he's worked very hard for, and he's, he's achieved it, and um, it wasn't easy. These records, you know, the cliche is so true. These records were made to be broken. One player gives it all, and, uh, you know, he, in leaves it all on the court and then it's up to someone else to show uh, how much uh, a, a human being can achieve or not achieve that's why we keep the records and that's why people come to the games well that was kind of a nice answer non-answer kind of thing yeah you ain't got you ain't got a lot of kick it kareem we know you're not happy about it and i wouldn't be happy about it if somebody broke my record that stood for nearly four decades no i wouldn't be in the grave when that record gets broken Listen, ain't nobody. I want to be there for it. Ain't, ain't nobody blaming Kareem for not being thrilled that LeBron James broke his record. I'm not blaming Kareem, but I think he handled it, Carlin, with about as much class as you possibly could. But you ain't got a lot of kick at Kareem. With all due respect, like we we know you didn't want him to break the record. We know that. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Here's a little bit more from Kareem on his relationship with LeBron. Well, you know, so many people have the opinion that you just uh, expressed that uh, LeBron and I had uh, some type of uh, hostility going. There was nothing like that. I, prior to being with him last night, I'd been close to him twice. The very first time was several years ago uh, when, he, when I was in Cleveland uh, during the playoffs, and I met him, and he introduced me to his mother. And then uh, 
A couple of months ago, the Lakers had a um, Halloween doohickey for the uh, for the kids, and I brought my grandchildren, and I saw him, and I, I said hi, and I asked him how uh, Bronny was doing, and you know I had to deal with my with my grandkids and stuff. I, I didn't get a chance really to sit down and uh, really get close with him. It was just lack of opportunity. Yeah. That's the point, though. You're not going out of your way. <laughs> exactly. You're not going <laughs> to, to create to, opportunities. To, to, yeah, to, to catch up with LeBron. And and it's, it kind of sounded certainly, like, You well, certainly you know, doled out your fair share of criticism toward yes. LeBron for how he's done things, maybe some hypocrisy with social activism, not being more of a, 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 a voice when it came to encouraging COVID-19 vaccines, when they were killing black Americans at a high rate. Like Kareem has criticized LeBron James quite a bit over the years and not just since he became a Laker. So like, I, I don't know if I necessarily buy the whole, we don't have any, any friction business from Kareem. Like again, Kareem, you ain't got a lot of kick it. No disrespect to you. You, know, you don't you know have to lie to kick it. You don't have to like LeBron James, but you do have to respect the game of basketball, which is what he did last night by showing up and handing the basketball to LeBron when he broke the record. Well, but there was somebody who didn't really respect it enough, and that was Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis did not stand up for LeBron when it happened. And listen, I, I just he can say whatever he wants. I want to hear from him here in a sec uh, on what he um you know, thought of the whole situation with LeBron breaking the record. Uh, to me, those actions will speak a lot louder than the words. Whether he was annoyed that he wasn't playing well or whatever it was, I mean, Canty, that was that was disrespectful to the sport as a whole, not just to LeBron in that situation. First of all, here is uh, Anthony A.D. on LeBron breaking the record. Definitely well-deserved. Um he put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this game. Um, so I'm just honored, honored to be able to, you know, witness it a lot. Oh, I don't think it was emotional for us. Uh, you know, we tried our best to go out and just play the game of basketball. Um, obviously, when it happened, um, a lot of emotions, you know, for Bron, for our organization, for our team, for the fans, um, for the world. You know, so uh, I think the emotions kind of, you know, kicked in then where, you know, Happened. Everybody was just very celebratory of the, of the situation. Yeah, listen. Man, ain't no damn emotion kicking in for AD. He's sitting None. on the bench stoic. Everybody was in any emotion arena. what he was saying. Car- there. Carlin, you know, you know the only emotion that he had was hate in his heart. That was it. There was there was it was clearly hater vibes coming off of AD. Was it jealousy? Was it just I, jealousy? Carlin, I I here's the thing. Everybody in the arena stood. Yeah. Except AD. Every think about that. In a moment. Where twenty thousand people are standing, and you the only one that's not standing. Like, are, are you protesting, LeBron? What are you doing? Like, the guy just broke the all-time points record. He just okay. broke it, and it's not like it was your record. He broke it. He's your teammate. You stand up. You celebrate, even if you don't rock with him. You got to at least respect the fact that this dude was able to have longevity and productivity to the point where he could drop over thirty-eight thousand points. Come on, man. All right, let me just ask you a question, and it's I'm not speaking to their relationship. I'm just speaking to a hypothetical for you if you were in this spot. I am assuming that there was a player in the league that you could not stand. Is that fair? That is fair. Who was it? I'm not going to do that. Okay. Well, I tried. Anyway, (laughs) if that player... 
if that player had broken the all-time record for something historic like that, yeah, would you have stood up? Absolutely. Because Absolutely. it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. It's the right thing to do. You respect the game in that moment, Carlin. You have to. And whatever issues that you have with the player, whatever things Even if that they're major, of, major issues. If they're major issues, Carlin, even if you take issue with the way the guy plays the game, that is not the moment where you protest or you get that issue out there to the forefront. You let that player have that moment. You let the fans have that moment. You let the organization have that moment. And then you take care of whatever you got to take care of at a later date. That's how it should go. Apparently, AD doesn't agree with us. So would you do, would you pull one of these after the game? Everybody's hugging each other, and that guy happens to see you, and he comes up and he goes in for the bro hug. Would you whisper in his ear, "Yeah, why don't you go?" <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, that's one, that, go. That's one blank. of them. I walk past you like I don't see you. <laughs> And, see, and I'd rather see and in here's that the case. Thing, and here's the thing, Carlin. After that last night when he pulled, it might not be long for LeBron James. They got to worry about seeing him every day. <laughs> I would at least want to whisper something in the guy's ear just so he knew that I knew. <laughs> there you go. You're so petty, Carlin. You're, oh, you're, absolutely. You're, you're, you're the king of. No, if petty. I was petty, I would not have stood up. That that would be being petty, and that's exactly what AD was last night. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, you know who is dragging their feet in the NFL is one franchise that is in desperate need of a quarterback, and they be, seem to be putting their eggs all in one basket. That is a major, major mistake. We'll tell you about that in just moments after we tell you about this from our friends at Wendy. Now, when you want the best deal on the best meal, choose Wendy's two for six bucks. Now you can pick two from some of Wendy's best menu items, including the Dave single made only with the always fresh, never frozen beef, the spicy chicken sandwich, 10 piece crispy nugs or a medium strawberry lemonade pair. Any two for just six bucks. That's a Dave single and spicy chicken sandwich. Six bucks. Spicy chicken sandwich, medium strawberry lemonade, six bucks. Strawberry lemonade, 10 piece nugs, six bucks. Even a Dave single with another Dave single. That's right. You might be tired of hearing me say it, but I'm going to say it. Six bucks. Wendy's two for six bucks is one deal that lets you pick the meal you want at a price you want. Swing by Wendy's today to get the best deal in fast food. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six bucks for a limited time. Price and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's a la carte only single item at regular price. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There's no competition right now. Get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just saying we need to send this to Kareem. <laughs> Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. All right, let's keep you updated on a developing story. Woj tweeting this uh, just a few moments ago about a story that we had told you about uh, that he had about an hour ago. Uh, The three-team trade, according to ESPN sources, largely hinging right now. uh, The deal is uh, between Minnesota, the Lakers, and the Jazz, and it would send D'Angelo Russell, uh, in theory, to the Lakers. It would send Russell Westbrook to the Jazz, and uh, you have the third uh, option of this uh, first-round pick in there uh, as well. And then Mike Conley is also involved. So here's what Woj tweeted just a few minutes ago. The three-team trade is largely hinging on how Minnesota values D'Angelo Russell in the potential deal and the return of draft assets. Lakers and Jazz have significant deal structure in place but Minnesota has been engaged elsewhere on Russell, too. I mean, if you're going to get to the, this close to the finish line again, if you're the Lakers, and you can't get over the hump and, and get rid of Russ and get somebody who can really, truly help you, right now that's going to hurt. Yeah, but here's the thing, though, Carlin. Adding D'Angelo Russell does what to the prospects of this current team? And you have to, I guess, compare that to where they would be if they just go ahead and sign Kyrie for money this summer. Does that make sense? Yes. It's like, why, why would I, why would I want to attach a draft pick to get rid of Russell Westbrook's contract at this point if I wasn't willing to do that the last couple of years? Now, what's not clear to sense. me is, is that it's the Lakers attaching a pick or it's the T-Wolves attaching a pick, or, uh, or what do you call it, on Conley, the Jazz, rather. The Jazz attaching a pick to Conley? Yeah, that could, that Conley. could potentially happen. I could see something like Conley, that happen. Yeah, Conley yeah. is signed uh, into next season, but only half of the, or little more than half, 14 of the $24 million that he has owed for next year is guaranteed yeah, so, at this point. So that, that, that would be Minnesota buying, um, buying an opportunity to get a draft pick. That's what it would be, right? Yeah. Because the Lakers aren't giving up picks. So the Lakers would send Russell Westbrook um, to the Jazz. The Jazz would send Mike Conley to uh, Minnesota. And Minnesota would just decline to pick up the non-guaranteed portion of the $24 million Conley is due next year. And they would get a draft pick for their trouble. Right. So you're paying $12 million for a draft pick. I-, I could see something like that. But the biggest thing for the Lakers is, hey, we get D'Angelo Russell. It's a rental because he's a free agent this summer, too. He's a better fit than Russell Westbrook is right now because he can shoot. He can play alongside LeBron James in the lineup with AD. And that makes the Lakers a team that could firmly get into the playoffs and potentially win a playoff series. Now, I don't think they're going to go on a deep run, but I think there's that potential there. 
Kenty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, so we'll keep you updated on that story as it further develops. Of course, the NBA trade deadline, less than 24 hours away, tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern time, and we will have you covered from pillar to post. Now, we do have to update a story from yesterday. As you know, I was up in Bristol, Connecticut yesterday to judge a chip-and-dip competition on campus at ESPN headquarters. Now, here's what I did not realize going into this, Canty, that Mm. this has been a hotly contested competition for years and years and years. And it has not happened the last two years because of COVID, uh, which you understand. Yes. But back in action this year, and there is a trophy, and there are people's names etched on the side of it. It's like the Stanley Cup of dips. But but here's what I don't understand. How could you be unaware of something like this when it's right up your alley? I know. That's a great question. I've been at ESPN for three-plus years now, yeah, and I, I feel either disappointed I haven't been made aware of it or feeling like I'm lacking myself for not making sure that something like that was going on in such a vast company. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. say yes. I'm, yeah. My answer to that is yes. It's your fault, and it's the powers that be. Um, they're, they're responsible or, or culpable in this as well. Like, this is a huge gaffe. But the fact that you're in it this year was huge, but you got to tell me how it all went down and what ultimately won. Which, which dip came out on top? Well, Stosh, Eric Hanneman, and myself were the judges. Stosh, of course, our producer, Eric Hanneman, uh, another one of our producers on the show. And it came down to three. Mm. The bacon cheeseburger dip. Mm-hmm. The sausage dip. Okay. And a Nashville hot chicken dip. All right. See, I can get down with the Nashville hot chicken dip. I I would be skeptical. I told you I was skeptical of the bacon cheeseburger. The bacon cheeseburger dip. Your skepticism. I'm more curious about the sausage one. Well, your skepticism was unjust, uncalled for, and inappropriate. Really? Because it was outstanding. Really? So you wouldn't have a problem with with it being at your Super Bowl party? Oh, not at all. Stosh, your thoughts? Sausage dip was, I believe, my number one choice. The, ba- uh, the sausage dip was number one for you. Yes. What about bacon cheeseburger? Bacon cheeseburger was actually third. There was another dip called the Million Dollar Dip, which was just phenomenal. And yeah. it did not make the cut. There were there were a good 12 to 13 entrants, and it was they were all excellent. Uh, Eric Hanneman, who was just, his analysis was so awful in all of this. <laughs> so awful. Oh, my God. Uh, Eric, uh, tell him what your analysis was. Of the sausage dip, the sausage dip, or either any of them, really, uh, the one because re- they were all equally embarrassing. <laughs> well, the one that won the Nashville hot chicken. I started off by saying that the chunks of chicken that were in it were a good touch, and I finished by writing down "yummy in my tummy" because they gave us this piece of paper <laughs> of writing our comments on the dips, and and that's yeah. what my thoughts were on that one. And then the bacon cheeseburger. It reminded me of the bacon cheeseburger I would have in elementary school, which was a good thing. I, I wanted to say it was a good thing. But apparently didn't come across that way. Well, no, it didn't because the bacon cheeseburger you would have in elementary school is probably god awful. Yeah. You know, yeah, when but it was you like look like the cheeseburger they got in elementary school because it wasn't McDonald's or White Castle. And, and Kitty, he said on a Nashville hot chicken dip that the chicken was a nice touch. 
What the hell it's, does that it's mean? It's a chicken dip. Exactly. Right? Yeah, but, like, the chicken is requisite. It's not a nice touch. It's the a best necessity. Thing you said, the best thing he said was yummy in my tummy. <laughs> wow. There was another buffalo chicken dip that didn't have the chunks of chicken. So that that's where my mind is. Uh, uh, how can you have a buffalo chicken dip that doesn't have the chunks of chicken? That doesn't make sense. I yeah. don't know, Eric. I, I don't know if I can trust your food takes. You're starting to get into Dan Orlovsky territory. Well, Canty, uh, number three, coming in third place was the bacon cheeseburger dip. Uh-huh. The sausage dip was outstanding. Flavorful. Stash, uh, they sent us the recipe. Stash is talking about making it now. Okay. And then number one was Nashville hot chicken. Okay, so I'm going to need y'all to send me the recipes for the top two. And I'm curious to know what the million-dollar dip is because I'm going to have to make a special request to my wife to make some of these on Super Sunday. We have those recipes. We will send them forward. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Carlin, the podcast. I honestly have to wonder a little bit about what the Jets are doing right now. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Uh, we I mean, to- are you just worried about that right now, or is that just all-encompassing? Because I'm always concerned with what the Jets are doing because it never seems like the right thing. Well, but in particular right now, because this is an incredibly important time in their history. They have a lot of pieces in place but they have whiffed on the biggest one. And that's the quarterback, as we know. Canty, they seem to be really, I don't want to say counting on, but certainly pointing a lot of emphasis, it feels, in the direction of Aaron Rodgers as their potential uh, solution at quarterback. And there really doesn't seem to be a lot of heat around Derek Carr. Now, in just talking to different people today, I, I get the, the idea that there's a feeling that maybe Derek Carr doesn't want to play in New York. Mm-hmm. But if you're the Jets, can, re- can you base your entire offseason around getting Aaron Rodgers to come to your team? I, I don't know how you could when you – listen, you could try to get him, but I, I would think Derek Carr has to be right there uh, on that discussion – and it has to be the number two option and a strong number two at that. I think he's well, I, very good, and I think well, here, they can win with him. Here's the problem with it, Carlin. You can't treat it as a number two option just because of how the timing and the mechanics of right. Aaron Rodgers' trade would have to go down, right? It'd have to be a post-June 1 designation, which means you would go through free agency, you would go through the NFL draft before you ultimately knew what Aaron Rodgers was going to do. Now, I think you have to treat it as Aaron Rodgers being your fallback plan and proceed this offseason and try to be an aggressive and upgrading your quarterback spot with one of the available veterans. Now, if that ends up being Derek Carr or if that ends up being Jimmy Garoppolo, I think that's the direction that the Jets have to go in because that's the only sure thing. There's a chance that even if Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay, he might not want to come to your organization. 
Carlin, a player as mercurial and, quite frankly, as fickle as Aaron Rodgers, how can you bet on him as the the centerpiece of your 2023 team and him being the guy under center? The dude is I, I going. Don't, I don't. I don't know that that. I don't know that that's a comfortable place to be in if you're Joe Douglas, who's in a prove it season because I believe this is going to be his fourth year as the general manager of the New York Jets, and he signed a six-year contract. He's got to have this team in the playoffs, Carlin, or Joe Douglas is going to be looking for a job. And, and Joe Douglas has to have the team in the playoffs because he's the guy who picked Zach Wilson. Yeah, and that's where the biggest problem lies right now. But yeah, Canty, I mean. We're going to rely on a dude who's going to go sit in the dark for four days to make a decision? Yeah. I mean, what are we talking about here? You, you cannot count on Aaron Rodgers wanting to be a New York Jet. And that's why the most important thing here is you have to treat Derek Carr like he's a number one option. You have mm-hmm. to treat Jimmy Garoppolo like he's a potential number one option, depending on what his health status is, because you cannot be left without a chair when the music stops. Yep. And and it, it, you can't be sitting on the floor either and getting Ryan Tannehill because that's sitting on the floor. You don't have an answer then. Well, yeah, you don't even know if Ryan Tannehill can stay healthy at this point in his career. So you have to do something, and I think that something is going after Derek Carr. Carlin, I got to be honest, if I was Rob Sala and Joe Douglas – I'm talking to Woody Johnson and saying, we need to get a plane down to New Orleans to pick up Derek Carr after he wraps up his visit with the New Orleans Saints. We need to be aggressive and show him that we're all about him. Because Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers got the same amount of playoff games played in the last two years, which is one. So, I mean, I, I just, I think you go for more certainty And if you believe in the young talent that Joe Douglas has put on this team, if you believe in the defense, then Derek Carr is the guy that should be your top priority at the top of this offseason, not Aaron Rodgers. Listen, if you screw around with this, you get what you deserve. And this is just a, a scenario where they cannot afford to do it. LeBron and his incredible career next. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.